Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, my friend, this is Mike Cameron. You are watching the Amato Podcast. Check out my new book, Becoming a Better Man, when something's got to change. Maybe it's you. Ladies and gentlemen, the man with the voice who just happens to be funny, Tony Pace. It's like even better this time, and I told them These all about it. These are our first time. Yeah, this is our first time. The rest of us are our first. Yeah, ridiculous. Uh, you guys incredible. will come again? Oh, yeah. It's just yeah. fabulous. Okay, and here we are today. I'm talking to Tony Pace, performing artist. He, ma- he maintains a preferred headliner status in Las Vegas, Atlantic City, with many major organizations worldwide. A three octave plus vocal range combined with 40 years of stage time. Uh, you, don't, you don't look like you have 40 years <laughs> of stage time. Uh, he continues to inspire amazement. I, I trust me, I've been looking at all your videos on YouTube, and um, I think even the times that are going right now, if you want to smile and and uh, it's not just singing, it's it's a whole performance. It's it's awesome. So welcome. I appreciate you being here. Thank you. I appreciate it as well. I pre- uh, you know, in these these tough times, uh, you have to smile and uh, encourage everyone around you because uh, there's just so much down. There's so much, uh, uh, you know, sadness around and, and concern that uh, we need people like yourself. And uh, I hope I can count myself in that in that uh, uh, situation where, you know, to try to inspire a little bit of a smile every, every single day. Selfishly, it's, it's great to be able to talk to people like you. And um, that's really why I do this. I mean, it's not a money-making situation or anything like that. I, I, you know, yesterday I talked to uh, a sports psychologist, a hypnotist, and right. um, now I'm talking to a, a performance artist. So it's, awesome. it's cool. Yeah. Can I ask you, we'll get it right out of the way, Sure. With, with the virus going on, and you perform, so you're everywhere, traveling and, right. and with crowds. How? What do you do? Um, well, I came off of a cruise. I was uh, actually doing a cruise on uh, Seabourne, which is one of my favorites of all time as far as uh, cruise lines. Um, came off uh, of a Mediterranean cruise, and I've known this was happening. I... Uh, through January, I was in Antarctica, and a friend of mine who is in Vietnam, I was getting feedback from all of these different places around the world and all these, you know, uh, friends who were 
really sort of giving me a heads up of what was going on and what we were up against. Um, so even in January, unfortunately, I, I knew what was happening and I tried to, to spread the word. Um, when it came down, when I came off the cruise, I kind of figured um, I really wasn't going to get anything else. And sure enough, uh, at this point, I'm, um, I guess, uh, free <laughs> until uh, uh, July, at least July, possibly uh, even longer. But that's all right. You know what? As far as I'm concerned, work-wise, um, I just kind of uh, uh, retool and we're doing other things and trying to help other people. So uh, just because I'm not on stage doesn't mean I'm, I'm you know, sitting in bed and doing. We, we just kind of retool ourselves. What do you think? I mean, I guess nobody knows, but what do you think the, the casinos and, and places like that? I mean, when do they when do they recover from this? I don't know that uh, um, I, I don't. You know, I don't have a crystal ball, but if you really think about it logistically, at this point, um, when you uh, when you stop the flow of, of monies to to any of us, um, all of that money that that we've lost for whether it's a week or a month or however long that that spigot is stopped, um, that is really never we can't ever re unless somebody hands us a check for all that money lost, uh, we can never re regain that. And it's just a matter of once we can start, um, we can start making money again, where we go from there. Um, you know, the, the economy and the mortgages and all of the stuff that, uh, that's out there that we're responsible for, you know, I don't want it forgiven. Honestly, I, I don't, you know, this is nobody's fault. Um, and, to forgive um, what I'm responsible for, somebody else has to pay for it somewhere, right? Yep. So, um, you know, if 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 a mortgage company or someone else is able to, if if they've got all the money in the world and they can say, "Listen, I'm going to uh, I'm going to let it go, uh, let three months go, and and, and it's not going to affect me," uh, then that's awesome. You know, then that helps us. Uh, but to put ourselves in harm's way, and I, you know, I feel bad for all of these uh, restaurants and and the casinos as well. I mean, you know, um, I don't know. I don't have a uh, knowledge of how much profit the casinos are making. Um, but uh, um, it's going to depend really on when we come out of this and how we come out of this. Um, what I'm hoping is that they figure out a way to to to, to test, and those who um, have either gotten it, gotten the virus, and are out of harm's way, um, and are not contagious, and they figure out all of those criteria, put them back to work, you know, let let the restaurants open again or whatever, or put them back to work in a way that that uh, we can start start the economy again, um, but. You know, I, I certainly don't know um, what that moment is. And uh, it's going to be uh, challenging, you know. Uh, we're all squirrels chasing nuts, as I say. That's about it. Uh, last question, and we'll move on to more uh, fun things. Sure. Um, if an artist, a singer, had, had concerts scheduled and contractually they, they were under contract to 
to perform but aren't allowed to um how does that what happens so well and this is this is um um uncharted territory because usually when you have a contract um un, if if i cancel um a contract that that for no other reason that i don't i don't want to do that i mean there's a there's a force of god or you know an act of god if i get sick that's one thing um if the venue something happens that's another but in this instance um you know the um um, I don't get paid, and uh, and the venue, the concert, or the places, they can either reschedule, which a lot of them will probably do at some other point. Um, but you know, they're paying money back; they're giving tickets back, uh, ticket money back, and it's sort of a landslide, or um, you know, this boulder that's running down the hill. Um, so we do the best we can. Uh, when when all of the con- well, the cruises canceled. The, um, you know, it's everybody loses one way or another. We all lose, but we're all in the same boat as it were. That's a little comforting that we're all in the same boat, though. Absolutely. To, to, to me. Um, yeah. It's not, not like I'm stuck here in the house and there's there's five other companies outside, you know, yeah. raking the money in. Uh, we're all, we'll get through it together. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not. I'm not worried. I mean, you know, look at uh, 1918. We went through the, uh, the the swine flu, the Spanish flu, uh, 500 million. I mean, we've gone through these pandemics in our history th- throughout the world. Um, this is not new. There are unfortunately people that are going to pay the price, the ultimate price of their lives, um, and and a lot of us are are. are you know, I'm looking at this as a groundhog day, and every single day, uh, I give up. I get up, and I just kind of go, "Okay, what can I, what can I accomplish today that I haven't been able to for all the years?" Because uh, I don't know when I'm going to get going. So this is cool. I mean, yeah. to me, I look at it as a positive and uh, and try the best I can um, with what I got. Same with me. Yeah. Same. Absolutely. Same outlook. It's a good one. Okay. So how did you get involved in the entertainment uh, industry? Um, uh, my very first uh, experience as far as entertainment is concerned, because I, there was nobody in my family that was an entertainer in the entertainment, nothing. Uh, so the, um, it was my sixth grade teacher, Mr. Guerrero. And I remember him, uh, he came up to me one day and said, heard me singing. And he said, uh, you know what? You should try out for the play. Um, I tried out not knowing anything about music and, um, and I got the part of Oliver, and I was, you know, I was Oliver Twist. And back in those days, I remember, because uh, I'm old, <laughs> and uh, and you know, for for our for the audience that remembers the film strip, you know, those film strip uh, projectors, that was my spotlight. And I just I remember seeing out of the corner of my eye. These these parents that were crying. I'm I'm singing "Where Is Love," and I made Michael Jackson sound like a baritone back then. Uh, but it was it was cool because I I out of the corner of my eye, I'm I'm watching parents crying and I'm going, "This is cool," <laughs> and I just got the bug. And from that point, um, I just started doing everything that I could. I just became a sponge, and um, I learned. 
I learned all aspects of the industry, of performing, of you know the behind the scenes, uh, stage, uh, set design, lighting, choreography. I I tried. I wanted to learn it all. I sort of wanted to be like a a director, who you know who, the director that knows everybody's jobs and in order to uh, to do my job better. I looked at it in that way, and it has. It really has. Um, and then from there, it's been forty over forty years. Wow. When did and, you realize the first time, like, hey, I'm I'm good, and I, I want to do this. I want to be paid for this professionally. Well, um, I, I mean, we had we had uh, uh, band. I was in, of course, the proverbial band. I mean, I think if you if you take any artist's resume and you just take you you switch the name on top probably 90 percent of the information is can be interchanged it's just amazing how that works um and uh, with i got into bands some great guys that i'm still friends with today uh 40 years later and um they uh, and we just started playing and then eventually the money came in and when i hit 18 uh graduated I said, I wanted, this is what I, I, you know, I always wanted to do. I never wanted to do anything else. Every morning I got up and it was music. Every night before I went to bed, it was, you know, song in my head and, and just writing and everything else. Uh, so the money came. Um, I, I think the money came because I was just doing something that I really loved to do. And, um, and I, you know the the times of my life, honestly, that the money was the the thinnest and uh, and stopped coming was when I focused solely on I got to make money. How mm. do I make money? And so when my focus became making money, it actually dried up more so than than when I was having fun and and just doing what I love to do. How did you develop your show? So your show, um, you can see it on YouTube. Um, you're not just out there singing. It's it's you're dancing, you're performing, you're doing impersonations. Um, right. It's a whole show. Yeah. How, how did you develop that? Well, I I loved um, uh, vaudeville. I don't know. Have you? I, yeah. I don't know if you're a fan of vaudeville. I love vaudeville, and with the fact that I was able to. To um, to learn all of these different um, genres of music, um, I saw people like Sammy Davis and how they were entertaining. Um, uh, you know, um, oh my God, it was just just I watched all of these different styles uh, and what they did. And at first, I was just singing. There was no comedy. I was that was a shy kid, and and it was all singing. Yeah, I mean, it was all singing. Uh, Broadway stuff and whatever else and and love Manilow and and all that stuff and then um, one day I you know just started to go out there with the band when we started doing the band thing and I learned that there was much more of a response when I went out into the audience and I engaged the audience so uh, and when whenever I whenever I got my first laugh and that's just open door to it was like euphoric uh and i went okay i i gotta add this type of stuff to you know to the thing and then one day somebody said uh can you impersonate 
and I, I, I don't remember if it was Michael Jackson, honestly, or Louis Armstrong. And Louis's my favorite. Um, but uh, and when they said, "Can you impersonate, you know, Louis?" I and I went, "I don't, I don't know. I, let, let me, let me give it a try." And and they went, "That's awesome." So from there, I just kind of went, "Okay, let's." add some of those so little by little um it just kind of uh landslide and and the fun part was i i used to do and i still do barbara streisand um <laughs> and for for the longest time uh and this was back in the 90s actually uh for the longest time people thought i was lip syncing which so um, that that was happening until one of my friends, uh, Don, Don Coulomb, Don who, uh, director, he kind of went, Tony, can you sing that acapella? And I went, sing it how? And he goes, acapella, you know, without music. And we made a joke out of it. And I, and I, and I sang it and I watched the audience kind of go, oh my God, he is really singing. Uh, and it was, you know, so little by little, we just, we just, you know, I started adding this piece and this piece and this piece and this piece. Um, and then the, when the audience participation stuff came and I would bring people up on stage and I've got some of that that on uh, on the YouTube uh, as well. That's hilarious. And I don't even see 90 percent of what's happening on stage. I don't see. So all of it became just this whole package of um of you know what do you want and from and from any moment to moment um it was awesome because if i saw the audience was more into comedy then i'd switch gears into comedy if i saw that they wanted broadway i'd just go to broadway audience so it was like this is awesome i have the tools to do all of this different stuff um and from there it just it's been it's been an it's been an incredible uh, roller coaster ride. When you're up on stage, are you able to kind of step back and really uh, appreciate what you're bringing to people? And what is that feeling like? It's got to be amazing. It is. It is truly an amazing thing. And um, and I have this one ritual that um, before any show, you know, after I've rehearsed or whatever, done sound checks and everything, um, I I've really just kind of sit on the edge of the stage and I see these, you know, monstrous places that are just gorgeous, uh, these theaters. And I just remember back to my high school days of sitting, you know, and with, uh, as a young kid and I realized I I'm where I am and what I'm doing. And, um, uh, uh you know, Joan Rivers told me one time, and I I was blessed to be able to work with her. God rest her soul. She was an amazing, amazing person. Um, but but she said to me, just remember one thing: um, the empty chairs don't care. And and I've taken that to to really to heart. Is uh, when I go out there, whether there's three people in the audience. Or, or you know, thirty thousand. Um, those are the people that I I am there for, not the 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 empty seats. That's great advice for for many different avenues. Um, 
if you're doing a show, the same show, you know, you're you're at every night. How do you stay stagnant? It, in actual fact, it's never the same show every night. Um, I I when I when I go on a cruise ship, um, basically I'll walk around, find out. I'll ask the uh, uh, the director. I'll get a uh, basically a snapshot of the age group that's going to be on there, um, the demographics of where they're from, if they're predominantly from the UK. Um, I will add material that is uh, germane to them. I'll oh. add art. I'll do artists that are germane to the UK that they'll they will recognize. If it's you know if it's a US, where are they from? Uh, they're from Midwest. Their country country belt. I'll do more country. So I try to tailor every single show um, to to every single audience. In the um, in Vegas, it was. It was awesome because the band was just, it was great. They they had all of the material. So from one moment to the another, I could just jump from tune to tune. The only thing that was really, uh, you know, always the same was the opener uh, and usually the closer. But, but the opener was always the same. And from there, it was just, you know, let's go where we, let's see where it goes. Oh, that's uh, fun. It is. It it really is. Um, with with YouTube, so when you started, obviously that it was. I'm I'm not trying to date you, but there no. was no there was no internet. I had no internet. Um, there was no YouTube. Has that benefited you? Because you can just put your content out there, or has it hurt you? Um, it, it you know what YouTube and um, and social media and everything. Um, uh, it, it hurt. It helps in one way, uh, but it also hurts artists in another because once. You that was out comedian when uh, back in the day when you would work clubs you could use that set of material for for years because you were working the circuit and and one but once you hit let's say the Carson show or or the tonight you know the tonight show or you hit um, the um, uh, the the mainstream media and you did your act that act now, becomes um it, it's seen by everybody so you have to keep changing you've got to keep doing you know seinfeld and and um and all of these incredible incredible artists they're constantly they have to reinvent because you've got these audience kind of going yep seen it yep heard it you know what what else do you got um so in in, in an essence it does. It has helped with promotional stuff, um, but there are, you know, what I put on YouTube. I I usually there are there is a lot of stuff that that's not on YouTube that I do purposely, um, so that so that when somebody comes to see me, I want them to go. I I didn't see this. Oh wow, this is this is different. This is different, um, and we keep track also. Of every show that we do, what we do at that show. So if we ever go back, I can just change everything, and nice. uh, those people will never won't see the same. You know, those the 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 majority or uh, things. It's like Tom Jones or or you know, uh, it's like some of these artists. If you uh, you know, uh, they go into a concert and 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 they don't play 
the tunes that the the audience likes. So you know you got to do the same thing. As a performer, so now you're just putting yourself out there. So you're right. you're, you're open game. So I would assume that with social media now, everybody's a critic. Yeah. Um, how do you how do you deal with that? Is it an issue? Um, critic in in what way though? Right. Uh, commenting on your videos and, and uh, you know good or bad um, people who really don't maybe don't have the experience as, as a professional reviewer right um, just reviews in general so I'll put a video out it could be you know a well-meaning video uh, nothing political or anything like right. that and you'll get people trolling who just oh yeah make bad comments yeah I mean it's just I, I you know I I'm the first one to ask after a show um, is there anything I could have done better was there and you know to to my people I'll say look what was the weak what's what's the weak link what's the weak point um, so if what was the weakest part of the show and if and if a, a tune or a routine or something continues to be um, too weak then I just get rid of it um, but there are people that are, you know, that that make comments that are there. Uh, they always know better. And uh, and I look at all of the comments in the light of is this is what they're saying uh, useful to me to to make a change in what I do to improve it so that it makes it better for you, the audience. Right. And uh, there have been many, t many things that that. Many times, like one in particular in Vegas, um, this gentleman, you know, for one of the main rags there, came out, reviewed the show and said, um, incredible, you know, incredible performer. Um, some of them, you know, uh, Louis Armstrong, he hit the mark on the head, you know, with the voices like Louis Armstrong, da, da, da. But Bobby, you know, but many weren't even close. And... It was interesting because I called him. I actually called him and I said, listen, I'm curious. When you came out to see me, what did you think you were coming out to see? And he says, I was coming out to see an impersonator, straight out impersonator. And I said, OK, then your review was dead on because um, and, and I went, OK, let me uh, let me guess. Uh, Neil Diamond, the ones that were not on, strawn on, were Neil Diamond, Bobby Darren, um, and I mentioned like six or seven. He goes, yeah. And I said, they weren't impersonations. They were characterizations. They were parodies. And he goes, and, and I said, the ones that are, were impersonations were this, 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 and this. And he goes, yeah, those were awesome. Those were dead on. And I said, that's the, that's the aspect of the show. And he goes, well, in that case, you're amazing. <laughs> so you know it's just i've learned that perception is um can be skewed depending on how we perceive and what we're looking looking at um as far as on stage what we're looking at you know if somebody said to you hey um we're going to see a comedian a stand-up comic now you've seen the videos if i came out and you're in your head you're going to see a stand-up comic What's going to be your first reaction? Uh, this guy's not a very good. Yeah. You know, when's he going to do some comedy? Um, so you know, it's just uh, we we do the best we can, uh, and it's tough. It's tough for for you, for me, for all of our 
constituents, everybody that steps on a stage that because we leave our hearts and our soul on that stage, you know, um, and we do the best we can. And then there are people that will just, you know, sort of jump and stomp on us um, because they feel like they want to make the world better for what? I don't know. But, uh, you know, it's just uh, it. You mentioned before that you reach the audience and tailor your shows around them and change things as they're going on. Right. Do, you, do you ever get um, uh, a bad audience? Is there such a thing as a bad audience for you or, or a good audience? Well, there are, there are audiences that are uh, receptive. There are audiences that are, um, that, uh, like, for example, this tile of audience for like a UK an audience in the in the UK is going to be completely different. Their their mindset, how they how they view entertainment, is is uh, I don't want to say it's subdued, but they look at they they're entertained in a different way as opposed to Australia. Oh my God, Australia! They're there. It's like. All right, let's go. Let's go. Come on. Come on. Give us some more. Give us some more. And and it's just and I love um I you know Jersey audience. Oh my god. You know, it's like come on, man. Let's do host is different. Um is is it different? Yeah, every audience is different. But our job our job is to figure out you know, how do we how do we bring a smile to their faces and if if they're not responding to what I'm doing, then I've got to figure out why they're not responding. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why at the beginning of, of the show, prior to the show, I want to know where they're from. Because if if um, if I've got an audience like like I <laughs> I had an audience that were uh, hearing impaired, they came in. Um, they came into the casino at, at uh, resorts in, in Atlantic City. And I ask my staff and everybody to tell me when we have, first of all, I've never sworn, sworn on stage in my life in 40 years, never said anything. Um, and, um, uh, and the material that I do has to be, has to be clean. But if there are, if there are kids in the audience, um, I won't even be, I won't even tread the, the fence of suggestive. Uh, stuff. So, you know, they don't need to hear it. They hear it everywhere else. They don't need to hear it. Um, and and it's cool because one one night <laughs> I had a group of they were blind. It was a, a whole group of blind, uh, blind audience. Um, and then there was one time that they're, you know, hearing impaired. And it's like I, I'm I've got a guy off the side, they didn't tell me there was hearing impaired, but I've got a guy off the side that was that was signing, and and I you know and I said, oh my god, this is going to be great, and I walked over and, and and played with him, and I just you know I just said I started doing stuff with him, and he's trying to sign, and he's laughing, um, and the audience, all of these hearing impaired, they're in hysterics. Because what he's saying is just not making any sense, so I ha I want to have fun too. But you know, I, there is a fine line of you know, um, not 
not going too far. Uh, but that's just me. There, are, every artist is different. Every artist is different. So you've been singing again for for many years. Uh, some of my favorite singers are singers. Uh, you know, Dean Martin. Right. Oh yeah. Frank Sinatra. Right. Um, and I was just talking to a, a gentleman this morning who's in the hip hop field. Right. And I kind of sound like my grandfather. You know, what happened to the hip hop artists from 20 years ago, 25 yeah. years ago? It's, I can't even understand them now. How has music changed and affected your show over the years? Or hasn't it? Oh, oh God, yeah. Um, absolutely. The, uh, the, and, and, I make, uh, and I make light of that. Uh, one of my shows is a, a time it's a timeline and i'll just uh, i'll start with uh, maybe a gary puckett tune um and then from there i'll talk about how you know music has fundamentally changed over the decades um and how many people like the music of today and then we'll just from i'll do pieces of music from you know from today and then we just kind of go back and i just find out what the audience sees the 50s what whatever group and and it's really cool that um i look at the writing of yesterday uh, you know from the 30s where uh, somewhere over the rainbow was number one and how music has fundamentally how the writing has changed over the decades um has it gotten better or worse no it's not better it's not worse it's different um you know to to a Beatles fan, the Beatles were amazing, and uh, Justin Bieber is is ridiculous. To a Justin Bieber fan, who were the Beatles? <laughs> you know, uh, so it, it's just there is the the wonderful thing now is there is so much music out there. Uh, there is so much that artists can do, and uh, and they can release. Every artist can release to their own. Uh, their own material out there, and it's and it's a fantastic time for anybody who is an artist to uh, to be in right now. Do you have favorite artists of today? Today, um, um, I like um, um, I like Justin Bieber. Some of the stuff that he the the previous stuff that he did. Uh, J Lo to me is just you know the work that she puts into um, what she does is just amazing. The um, oh god, um, the Mel Torme. I look at him as the Mel Torme of yesterday. Uh, Michael Bublé. It's just he's just that that bridging the gap between yesterday and today. Um, there are so many incredible artists out there that uh, that are putting you know putting their stuff on that stage every single time and uh and they take no prisoners and that's that's the awesome part is they'll they'll just they don't leave anything behind um uh, and every single one one of them you know deserves accolades awesome yeah i love to go to concerts and and uh focus on the drummer or the the trumpet yeah. player i mean just sure. watching them it's it's a it's amazing it takes a lot of skill and um should be appreciated could, sure. could you tell me about your most embarrassing moment do you remember while on stage oh embarrassing uh, hopefully you weren't hurt no well um one um uh, i mean i i'm of that mindset of um you know the show goes on and uh there was one i do a um 
oh, what's his name? Uh, can't touch this. Uh, MC Hammer. MC Hammer. I do the dance. Uh, and I'll, so I'll go, I'll slide across the stage. And I was on a ship and they had not lifted the rail uh, completely. So there was a lip on the on the uh, internal thing. So when I hit the lip, I just went bang and I hit the floor uh, face down. And uh, but I I mean, I I rolled, jumped back up and continued. And the production manager said, I, I thought it was um, I thought it was planned until I saw your pants was your pants were ripped and there's blood coming down your leg. And it's like uh, so, you know, I paid the price. Um, you know, embarrassing. Um, there was one that I can't tell you about. <laughs> off the air. I, I'll tell you off the air. That was, uh, it, it involved a, uh, a, a pair of leather. I was doing a Michael Jackson routine and I had a beautiful jacket and leather pants outfit made and um and this uh, you know beautiful young lady i was just at at a level this beautiful young lady came running up and i was never able to use those pants um that you know ended up getting stained um and uh, there was oh i might as well go all the way at this point you know there was there was there was uh, lipstick stain um you know, in, in, in an inappropriate place. And I just, I, my, the guys on stage said my face was as red as the, the, uh, the, that was probably my most embarrassing. Uh, I just got caught. I just, you know, I, I did the spin stopped and then she came running up <laughs> blue. Um, well, I guess you wouldn't expect that to be coming. No, no. I mean, it's just I I don't encourage that type of you know that, uh, and you know for that to happen, it was like oh my god, and I just I just froze. So, but that was, um, you know, uh, thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> How about you? What's your your proudest moment on stage? Oh my god, um, I do. You know what I do. Um, and have been doing a lot of um, uh, fundraising for veterans uh, for the past 30 plus years. And I actually have a, a nonprofit uh, called Honoring the Uniform, and we try to help. But um, there have been times where um, people have said, and you know, you we really wonder. Uh, at least I, I'll 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 speak to myself. There are so many times where I wonder when if I'm making a difference on this planet, and I I just you know money aside, relevance to me is so much more important. Being relevant and and leaving every single day a little bit better than I found it. And um, I've had artists that have come up and have said that uh, they that i have been you know uh, instrumental in them doing and for their careers and helping them um you know veterans that have said that i've made a difference in their lives you know that to me is worth 
more than anything else, you know, that's the that's the hole in one that keeps you coming back playing golf. Those are the moments um, more so than anything else. So, you know, when I hear when I hear that that something I'm doing is making a difference, you know, what better? The virus aside, what uh, you wake up in the morning, what's your perfect day for you? Doing and and achieving and and you know um, again, it, it really comes down to leaving every single day a little bit better. So I, I try, like I go on Facebook and I started doing this, you know, uh, life lesson posts and and just I don't do anything on a political. I I I really have never, um, and there are many times where it's really tough not to not to respond, but I'm, that's not my job. You know, I, right now, if I decide to run for some office, doubt it, but, you know, as an entertainer, um, my perfect day is writing some music and, um, and keeping a little bit of a difference happening every single day, um, and achieving you know, uh, the things that I, I've always wanted to do. I've just, in the past three days, I have, I've got a lot of children's material. So I've just submitted after all these years, I've just submitted material to some, some, uh, TV producers for, for some of the, the, the children's stuff and also going to be releasing, um, on CD Baby, a couple of tunes that I haven't been able to do. So it's just keeping, I don't want to say keeping busy, but keeping busy with what you what you really want to do. Um, I don't want to do something just because I have to do it. I, I'm just taking this as, what do I want to do today? What do I want to achieve? And I, I go after it. Nice. So Tony, where, where can we find you? Where can everybody find you online? And we'll put all your links up so, um, the so web- can just click on them. Yeah. Um, the website is TonyPace.com. Um, and again, the um, I work with also, I work with a psychologist, uh, Karen Kelly, and I have a lot of material I've put together and produced about uh, 20 or 30 self-help um, videos, meditation material, and, uh, you know, self-help programs that we, we've put out together. Um, and that's on your website that that will be on my website um, and um, you know I encourage people to you know to to go through the website and you'll find some uh, some interesting things the um, honoring the uniform is another place that uh, I you know I very much welcome uh, the support so that we can help veterans as well Um and uh, YouTube, you know, Tony Pace uh, on, um, you know, I try to keep a, a fingerprint on, on a lot of different things. Awesome. Well, Tony, I, I really appreciate it. It was great talking to you. And I think uh, uh, everything going on right now, this, is, this will be fun for people to watch. And hopefully we can talk again. Brian, thank you so much. I appreciate your time and uh, and what you're doing. You know what, uh, bringing all of us out there and putting us all out there uh, for people to uh, to see is uh, is definitely much appreciated and a worthy cause. Thank you so much. Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you.
Keep your family safe. Yep, you too. Take care. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to my podcast. If you're looking for social media content for your contracting business, painting contractors, carpenters, electricians, any type of contractor, please check us out on Instagram at Amato Media or check us out on LinkedIn. We can definitely help you all out. So have a great day.